Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends of the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse of the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to your email from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today we begin a new chapter, the last in the text, chapter 31, The Simplicity of Salvation. We'll be reading section one, introduction. We're also mindful of our lesson today, lesson 326. I am forever an effect of God. And by way of opening this morning, I found this uh, very lovely little piece from Marianne Williamson that goes like this. Endless love and power are available to me whenever I remember who I am. I am a child of the universe, a thought in the mind of God forever surrounded and sustained by the substance of divine mind. I open my mind today to the recognition of my true nature and the nature of the universe. I open my eyes today to the love that is all around me. With every breath I breathe in the holy substance that infuses all things. On this day, I will remember, I will not forget that love is all around me. I acknowledge love's presence in myself and others and breathe in with every breath all the power it bestows. I am forever an effect of God. Amen. That was great. Needed oh, that. Yeah. Thank Amen. you, Lori. Amen. No, that was perfect. Beautiful. Thank you, Lori. I was really happy to find that this morning. Thanks, guys. Um, okay, here's our reading list. We have Fran, Robin Marie, Donna, Lana, Harrison, Jessica, and Micah. And we're joined in listening this morning by Diana, Judy, and Ross. And is there anyone else who's joined us? Whoops. Oh, no. Anyone else who's joined us whose name I missed? Hi, this is Ida. I'm listening. Thanks. Oh, good morning, Ida. Good morning. Okay. All right. So we begin. This last and beautiful final chapter, 31, The Simplicity of Salvation. With the introduction. How simple is salvation? All it says is what was never true is not true now and never will be. The impossible has not occurred and can have no effects. And that is all. Can this be hard to learn by anyone who wants it to be true? Only unwillingness to learn it could make such an easy lesson difficult 
How hard is it to see that what is false cannot be true and what is true cannot be false? You can no longer say that you perceive no differences in false and true. You've been told exactly how to tell one from the other and just what to do if you become confused. Why then do you persist in learning not such simple things? Fran. Chapter 31. The Simplicity of Salvation. Section 1. Introduction. How simple is salvation? All it says is what was never true is not true now and never will be. The impossible has not occurred and can have no effects. And that is all. Can this be hard to learn by anyone who wants it to be true? Only unwillingness to learn it could make such an easy lesson difficult. How hard is it to see that what is false cannot be true and what is true cannot be false? You can no longer say that you perceive no differences in false and true. You have been told exactly how to tell one from the other and just what to do if you become confused. Why then do you persist in learning not much simple things, not such simple things? Two, there is a reason. But confuse it not with difficulty in the simple things salvation asks you to learn. It teaches but the very obvious. It merely goes from one apparent lesson to the next in easy steps which leads you gently from one to another with no strain at all. This cannot be confusing, yet you are confused. For somehow, you believe that what is totally confused is easier to learn and understand. What you have taught yourselves is such a giant learning feat, it is indeed incredible. But you accomplished it because you wanted to and did not pause in diligence to judge it hard to learn or too complex to grasp. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Two, there is a reason, but confuse it not with difficulty in the simple things salvation asks you to learn. It teaches but the very obvious. It merely goes from one apparent lesson to the next in easy steps, which leads you gently from one to another with no strain at all. This cannot be confusing, yet you are confused for... Somehow you believe that what is totally confused is easier to learn and understand. What you have taught yourselves is such a giant learning feat. It is indeed incredible. But you accomplished it because you wanted to and did not pause in diligence to judge it hard to learn or too complex to grasp. Three, no one who understands what you have learned, how carefully you have learned it, and the pains to which you went to practice and repeat the lessons endlessly in every form, you could conceive of them, could ever doubt the power of your learning skill. There is no greater power in the world. The world was made by it, and even now depends on nothing else. The lessons you have taught yourselves have been so overlearned and fixed they rise like heavy curtains to obscure the simple and the obvious. Say not you cannot learn them. 
for your power to learn is strong enough to teach you that your will is not your own. Your thoughts do not belong to you, and even you are someone else. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Donna. Three. No one who understands, no one who understands what you have learned, how carefully you have learned it, and the pains to which you went to practice and repeat the lessons endlessly in every form you could conceive of them could ever doubt the power of your learning skill. There is no greater power in the world. The world was made by it and even now depends on nothing else. The lessons you have taught yourself have been so overlearned and fixed. They rise like heavy curtains to obscure the simple and the obvious. Say not, you cannot learn them. For your power to learn is strong enough to teach you that your will is not your own. Your thoughts do not belong to you, and even you are someone else. For who could maintain that? Who could maintain that lessons such as these are easy? Yet you have learned more than this. You have continued taking every step, however difficult, without complaint until a world was built that suited you. And every lesson that makes up the world arises from the first accomplishment of learning, an enormity enormity so great the Holy Spirit's voice seems small and still before its magnitude. The world began with one strange lesson, powerful enough to render God forgotten and his son an alien to himself in exile from the home where God himself established him. You who have taught yourselves the Son of God is guilty, say not that you cannot learn the simple things salvation teaches you. Thank you, Donna. And Lana. Okay. Who could maintain that lessons such as these are easy? Yet you have learned more than this. You have continued taking you have continued taking every step, however difficult, without complaint, until a world was built that suited you. And every lesson that made, makes up the world arises from the the first accomplishment of learning. An enormity so great, the Holy Spirit's voice seems small and still before its magnitude. The world began with one strange lesson, powerful enough to render God forgotten and his son an alien to himself in exile from the home where God himself established him. You who have taught yourselves The Son of God is guilty. Say not that you cannot learn the simple things salvation teaches you. 
fight, fight. Learning is an ability you made and gave yourself. It was not made to do the will of God, but to uphold a wish that it could be opposed and that a will apart from it was yet more real than it. And this has learning sought to demonstrate, and you have learned what it was made to teach. Now does your ancient overlearning stand implacable before the voice of truth and teach you that its lessons are not true, too hard to learn, too difficult to see, and too opposed to what is really true. Yet you will learn them, for their learning is the only purpose for, for your learning skills the Holy Spirit sees in all the world. His simple lessons in forgiveness have a power mightier than yours because they call from God and from yourself to you. Thank you, Lana. And Harrison. Five. Learning is an ability you made and gave yourselves. It was not made to do the will of God, but to uphold the wish that it, capital to I, could be opposed, and that a will apart from it, capital to I, was yet more real than it, capital to I. And this has learning sought to demonstrate and you have learned what it was made to teach. Now does your ancient overlearning stand implacable before the voice, capital V, of truth and teach you that its, capital I, lessons are not true, too hard to learn, too difficult to see and too opposed to what is really true. Yet you will learn them, for their learning is the only purpose for your learning skills the Holy Spirit sees in all the world. His simple lessons and forgiveness have a power my year than yours because they call from God and from your capital S self to you. Six, is this a capital V, um, <laughs> is this a little capital V voice so small and still it, capital I, cannot arise, cannot rise above the senseless noise of sounds which have no meaning. God will not, capital H, his son, forget, capital H, him, and the power of his will capital H and W, 
is in the voice, capital V, that speaks to him. Which lesson will you learn? What outcome is inevitable? Sure is God, and far beyond all doubt and question. Can it be your little learning, strange and outcome, and incredible in difficulties? will withstand the simple lessons being taught to you in every moment of each day. Since time began and learning had been made. Thank you, Harrison. And Jessica. Thanks, Lori. Um, six. Is this a little voice, so small and still, it cannot rise above the senseless noise of sounds which have no meaning? God will not his son forget him. And the power of his will is in the voice that speaks for him. Which lesson will you learn? What outcome is inevitable? as God and far beyond all doubt and question. Can it be your little learning, strange in outcome and incredible in difficulty will withstand the simple lessons being taught to you in every moment of each day since time began and learning had been made? Seven. The lessons to be learned are only two. Each has its outcome in a different world, and each world follows surely from its source. The certain outcome of the lesson that God's Son is guilty is the world you see. It is a world of terror and despair. Nor is there hope of happiness in it. There is no plan for safety you can make that will ever that ever will succeed. There is no joy that you can seek for here. I'm sorry. There is no joy that you can seek for here and hope to find. Yet this is not the only outcome which your learning can produce. However much you may have overlearned your chosen task, the lesson which reflects the love of God is stronger still. And you will learn God's Son is innocent and see another world. Thank you, Jessica. And Micah. Okay. Seven. The lesson to be learned are only two. Each has its outcome in a different world, and each world follows surely from its source. The certain outcome of the lesson that God's Son is guilty is the world you see. It is a world of terror and despair, nor is there hope of happiness in it. There is no plan for safety you can make that ever will succeed. 
There is no joy that you can seek for here and hope to find. Yet this is not the only outcome which your learning can produce. However much you may have overlearned your chosen task, the lesson which reflects the love of God is stronger still. And you will learn God's Son is innocent and see another world. Eight, the outcome of the lesson that God's Son is guiltless is a world in which there is no fear and everything is lit with hope and sparkles with gentle friendliness. Nothing but calls to you in soft appeal to be your friend and let it join with you. And never does a call remain unheard, misunderstood, nor left unanswered. In the self-same tongue in which the call was made. And you will understand it was this call that everyone and everything within the world has always made. But you had not perceived it as it was. And now you see you were mistaken. You had been deceived by forms the call was hidden in. And so you did not hear it and had lost a friend who always wanted to be a part of you. Soft, eternal calling of each part of God's creation to the whole is heard throughout the world this second lesson brings. Thank you, Micah. And would there be a new reader for 8 and 9? New reader for 8 and 9? Tell me where to begin, Lori, and I'll do it. Sure. You're going to begin with the paragraph that starts, The Outcome of the Lesson, God's Son is Guiltless. The outcome, thank you, the outcome of the lesson that God's Son is guiltless is a world in which there is no fear and everything is lit with hope and sparkles with a gentle friendliness. Nothing but calls to you in soft appeal to be your friend and let it join with you. And never does a call remain unheard misunderstood, nor left unanswered in the self-same tongue in which the call was made. And you will understand it was this call that everyone and everything within the world has always made, but you had not perceived it as it was. And now... You see, you were mistaken. You had been deceived by forms. The call was hidden in, and so you did not hear it. And he had lost a friend who always wanted to be part of you. The soft, eternal calling of each part of God's creation to the whole is heard throughout the world the second lesson brings. 
There is no living that does not share the universal will that it be whole and that you do not leave its call unheard. Without your answer, is it left to die as it is safe from death when you have heard its calling as the ancient call to life and understood that it is but your own? The Christ in you remembers God with all the certainty with which he knows his love. But only if his son is innocent can he be loved. For God were fear indeed if he whom God created innocent could be a slave to guilt. God's perfect son remembers his creation. But in guilt, he has forgotten what he really is. <coughs> Thank you, Judy. And um, let's see, would there be another new reader then for 9 and 10? Okay, back to you, Fran. 9. There is no living thing which does not share the universal will that it be whole and that you do not leave its call unheard. Without your answer is it left to die, as it is saved from death when you have heard its calling as the ancient call to life and understood that it is but your own. The Christ in you remembers God with all the certainty with which he knows his love. But only if his son is innocent can he be loved. For God were for God were fear indeed if he whom he created innocent could be a slave to guilt. God's perfect son remembers his creation. But in guilt he has forgotten what he really is. Ten. The fear of God results as surely from the lesson that his son is guilty as God's love must be remembered when he learns his innocence. For hate must father fear and look upon this father as a self. How wrong are you who fail to hear the call that echoes past each seeming call to death, that sings behind each murderous attack and pleads that love restore the dying world. You do not understand who calls to you behind each form of hate, each call to war, Yet you will recognize him as you give him answer in the language that he calls. He will appear when you have answered him, and you will know in him that God is love. Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. Ten. The fear of God <clears throat> results as surely from the lesson that his son is guilty as God's love must be remembered when he learns his innocence. For hate must father fear and look upon its father as itself. How wrong are you who fail to hear the call that echoes past each seeming call to death, that sings behind each murderous attack, and pleads that love restore the dying world. 
You do not understand who calls to you beyond each form of hate, each call to war. Yet you will recognize him as you give him answer in the language that he calls. He will appear when you have answered him, and you will know him, that God is love. 11. What is temptation but a wish to make the wrong decision on what you would learn and have an outcome that you do not want? It is the recognition that it is a state of mind, unwanted, that becomes a means whereby the choice is reassessed. Another outcome seemed to be preferred. You are deceived if you believe you want disaster and disunity and pain. Hear not the call for this within yourself, but listen rather to the deeper call beyond it that appeals for peace and joy, and all the world will give you joy and peace. For as you hear, you answer, and behold, your answer is, a, is the proof of what you learned. Its outcome is the world you look upon. Thank you, Robert Marie. And Donna. Eleven. What is temptation but a wish to make the wrong decision on what you would learn and have an outcome that you do not want? It is the recognition that it is a state of mind unwanted that becomes the means whereby the choice is reassessed. Another outcome, <clears throat> another outcome seen to be preferred. You are deceived if you believe you want disaster and disunity and pain. Hear not the call for this within yourself, but listen rather to the deeper call beyond it that appeals for peace and joy. And all the world will give you joy and peace. For as you hear, you answer. And behold, your answer is the proof of what you learned. Its outcome is the world you look upon. Twelve, let us be still an instant and forget all things we ever learned, all thoughts we made, and, ever, and every perception which we hold of what things mean and what their purpose is. Let us remember not our own ideas of what the world is for. We do not know. Let every image held of everyone be loosened from our minds and swept away. Be innocent of judgment, unaware of any thoughts of evil or of good that ever crossed your mind of anyone. Now do we know him not, but you are free to learn of him and learn of him anew. Now is he born again to you, and you are born again to him without the past that sentenced him to die, and you with him. Now is he free to live as you are free, because an ancient learning has passed away and left a place for truth to be reborn. Thank you, Donna. 
and Lena. Thank you, Lori. Twelve. Let us be still an instant and forget all things we ever learned, all thoughts we had, and every preconception which we hold of what things mean and what their purpose is. Let us remember not our own ideas of what the world is for. We do not know. Let every image held of anyone be loosened from our minds and swept away. Be innocent of judgment, unaware of any thoughts of evil or of good that ever crossed your mind of anyone. Now do you know him not, but you are free to learn of him and learn of him anew. Now is he, re- now is he born again to you and you are born again to him. Without the past that sentenced him to die and you with him, now is he free to live as you are free because an ancient learning passed away and left a place for truth to be reborn. Amen. Indeed. Amen. And thank you everyone who read this morning. So, um, it's so spectacular how things open when we read to each other. Um, so to touch a few ideas here, there's really only one um, from that first paragraph. How simple is salvation? All it says is what was never true is not true now and never will be. The impossible has not occurred and can have no effects. And that is all. Can this be hard to learn by anyone who wants it to be true? Only unwillingness to learn it could make such an easy lesson difficult. Paragraph 2. There is a reason, but confuse it not with difficulty in the simple things salvation as you learn. In paragraph 3. The lessons you have taught yourselves rise like heavy curtains to obscure the simple and the obvious. Say not you cannot learn now, for your power to learn is strong enough to teach you that your will is not your own, your thoughts do not belong to you, and even you are someone else. In that fourth paragraph, the world began with one strange lesson, powerful enough to render God forgotten and his son an alien to himself, an exile from the home where God himself established him. You who have taught yourselves the son of God is guilty, say not that you cannot learn the simple things salvation teaches you. In paragraph five, learning is an ability you made and gave yourselves. It was not made to do the will of God, but to uphold a wish that it could be opposed, and that a will apart from it was yet more real than it. Now does your ancient overlearning stand implacable before the voice of truth and teach you that its lessons are not true, too hard to learn, too difficult to see, and too opposed to what is really true. <clears throat> 
yet you will learn them for their learning is the only purpose for your learning skill the Holy Spirit sees in all the world the simple lessons and forgiveness have a power mightier than yours because they call from God and from your capital self to you in paragraph 6 God will not his son forget him and the power of his will is in the voice that speaks for him which lesson will you learn what outcome is inevitable sure is God and far beyond all doubt and question in seven the lessons to be learned are only two each has its outcome in a different world and each world follows surely from its source the certain outcome of the lesson that God's son is guilty is the world you see and yet the lesson which reflects the love of God is stronger still and you will learn God's son is innocent and see another world paragraph 8 the lesson that God's son is guiltless is a world in which there is no fear and everything is lit with hope and sparkles with a gentle friendliness nothing but calls you in soft appeal to be your friend and let it join with you and never does call remain unheard misunderstood nor left unanswered in the self-same tongue in which the call was made and you will understand it was this call that everyone and everything within the world has always made but you had not perceived it as it was and now you see you were mistaken you had been deceived by the forms in which the call was hidden and so you did not hear it and had lost a friend who always wanted to be a part of you the soft eternal calling of each part of God's creation to the whole is heard throughout the world this second lesson in innocence brings nine there is no living thing which does not share the universal will that it be whole and that you do not leave this call unheard it is safe from death when you have heard its calling as the ancient call to life and understood that it is but your own the Christ in you remembers God with all the certainty with which he knows his love but only if his son is innocent can he be loved for God were fear indeed if him whom he created innocent could be slave to guilt God's perfect son remembers his creation but in guilt he has forgotten what he really is in paragraph 10 God's love must be remembered when he learns his innocence you do not understand who calls you beyond each form of hate each call to war yet you will recognize him as you give him answer in the language in which he calls he will appear when you have answered him and you will know in him that God is love what is temptation but a wish to make the wrong decision on what you would learn and have an outcome that you do not want it is the recognition that it is a state of mind unwanted that becomes the means whereby the choice is reassessed another outcome seemed to be as preferred so listen rather to the deeper call beyond it that appeals for peace and joy and all the world will give you joy and peace 
For as you hear, you answer. And behold, your answer is the proof of what you learned. Its outcome is the world you look upon. And so finally, in all simplicity, let us be still an instant and forget all things we ever learned, all thoughts we had, and every preconception which we hold of what things mean and what the purpose is. Let us not remember our own ideas of what the world is for. We do not know. Be innocent of judgment, unaware of any thoughts of evil or of good that ever crossed your mind of anyone. Now, do you know him not? But you are free to learn of him and learn of him anew. Now is he born again to you and you are born again to him without the past that sentenced him to die and you with him. Now is he free to live as you are free because an ancient learning passed away and left a place for truth to be reborn. Oh, what a stunning, stunning opening to this beautiful chapter. And you know what? There we are at the top of the hour. <laughs> so setting things all together in right relationship, Fran will turn to you for a reflection at the top of the hour. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thanks for that. That was a great review. Thank you. Hi, hi everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme we're on now is What is Creation? And the lesson for today is Lesson 326, I Am Forever an Effect of God. So I shall read some from What is Creation? Creation is the sum of all God's thoughts, in number infinite, and everywhere without all limit. Only God creates and only like himself. Forever and forever are God's thoughts exactly as they were and as they are unchanged through time and after time is done. God's thoughts are given all the power that their own creator has, for he would add to love by its extension. Thus his son shares in creation and must therefore share in power to create. Creation is the opposite of all illusions, for creation is the truth. Creation is the Holy Son of God, for in creation is his will complete in every aspect, making every part container of the whole. We are creation. We the sons of God. We seem to be discreet and unaware of our eternal unity with him. Yet back of all our doubts, past all our fears, there still is certainty. Our Father calls to us. We hear his voice, and we forgive creation in the name of its creator, holiness itself, whose holiness his own creation shares, whose holiness is still a part of us. We'll go over to the lesson. This has a prayer in the front, and kind of a long prayer, but I'm going to read it. I, lesson 326, I am forever an effect of God. Father, I was created in your mind, a holy thought that never left its home. I am forever your effect, 
and you forever and forever are my cause. As you created me, I have remained. Where you establish me, I still abide. And all your attributes abide in me because it is your will to have a son so like his cause that cause and its effects are indistinguishable. Let me know that I am an effect of God. And so I have the power to create like you. And as it is in heaven, so on earth. Your plan I follow here. And at the end, I know that you will gather your effects into the tranquil heaven of your love, where earth will disappear and separate thoughts unite in glory as the Son of God. Let us today behold earth disappear, at first transformed and then forgiven, fade entirely into God's holy will. And we'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 326. I am forever an effect of God. Father, I was created in your mind, a holy thought that never left its home. I am forever your effect, and you forever and forever are my cause. Lesson 326, I am forever an effect of God. Amen. Hmm. Amen. That's beautiful, friend. Thank you. Thank you, friend. That was so beautiful. Oh, thank you, guys. Yes, thanks. Well done, friend. Thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, Love the lesson. Oh, my goodness. And the reading today. Um, They both kind of, for me, come together... Um, and show me the simplicity of salvation. Um, simple, but not always easy. Uh, the, the, the lesson just so clearly tells me the truth of who I am, what God is in our relationship. It's eternal. It's changeless. I never, ever have to worry about the truth not being true. It's it's just um, I'm forever an effect of God and a reflection of his beautiful, loving mind. And in the reading today, um, you know, I, I'm reminded that, uh, you know, we're, we seem to be in a realm called perception, which is not knowledge. And, per, and, and my perception of things, perception has its own laws. 
uh, which I made. And because I made them, I believe in them, so they look real to me. But the laws of perception can be used uh, in whatever way, whatever purpose I give to them. And and from the reading today, I'm reminded that um, if I'm not aligned with the truth, I'm in opposition to it, and it will cause friction and conflict in my mind. And and because I believe it, it's what I'll see in my world. And because I see it, I'll believe it. So it's very circular in nature, reinforcing and validating itself. But um, Jesus has reminded me that I'm innocent. I'm not guilty. And when I come from, when I, when I give um, my perceptions to a holy purpose, when I come from my innocence, um, and the innocence of my brother, because they're a reflection of of me, they're part of me, they, they're one with me. Then my world will show up. Then it becomes in har- then it then it's in harmony with the truth. When I come from a place of recognizing my innocent innocence and that of my brother, then perception gives me a reflection of the truth in my world, and my world will show up loving and innocent. Um, and if I fall back into judgment and guilt, well, that's what it's going to show me because the rules are the same. So it's, it's um, I'm just always reminding me what purpose have I given anything because I can always choose again. And I can, if I see I chose wrongly and I'm, I'm coming from a place where I'm judging myself or my brother, I'm going to experience those effects in the world and in my life, and they're not comfortable. There's that friction. There's that disharmony. Um, Jesus once told me, I'd asked, how do I recognize the truth? And, um, and the answer came in such a beautiful way. He says that love recognizes love and remembers itself. So when I'm in harmony with the truth of myself in the purpose I give to everything, the love in me recognizes the love that I am, and it remembers the truth. It awakens to its truth, and then peace and love abide in my experience. Um, so uh, this this real this section really encapsulates so much in in just a few paragraphs. It's I'll see what I believe, and I'll and I'll believe what I want it to be. And um, and some of the temptations of perception of erroneous perceptions can be very strong because I made them up. So uh, as always, forgiveness is always my way out of hell. And um, choosing again, choosing to see the innocence of my brother and myself opens that door to my awareness. It's when love recognizes love and and remembers itself. So. Anyway, it, it really touched my heart today, both the lesson and the reading. I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Hello, oh, that was just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Lana. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. This is Ida. Um, I'm glad I heard what you said. I wasn't on the call for a while because 
I'm experiencing the effects of judgment in my body as pain and inflammation. And, um, but just joining back on the call, I'm listening to you guys, is helping me feel better. And I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, bless you, Ida. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Sending you loving and feeling thoughts. This is Donna, and um, I'm so grateful that I am indeed responsive and wait and listen, and and because he can do it easily with me, I was led to make this call this morning. I'm not home. I'm in Kentucky. So the magnificent thing is... I see in this reading today the last two and a half years of my life, two and a half years ago, two years and three months, I'm not counting, of course, I moved into the senior housing, which I thought this is the reward God is giving me because I'm so good and followed him so well. It's a, non, it's a smoke-free federal senior housing, right? Well, when I moved in, <clears throat> already let go of my other little apartment, I found out there were about 15 people that smoked here. <laughs> and they could care less about it being a smoke-free campus. So what, what I spent probably about three months judging them, condemning them, screaming and cramming and God and whining. <clears throat> and um, so I've been trying to get out of there for two and a half years, but in order to to bear living there and live these teachings I'm supposed to be seeking to live. I prayed the one prayer I pray for everybody. I am a place where God's presence reveals itself as omniactive love intelligence, and I put a name in it or apartment number in and prayed for about 47 people for two-plus years, and I really began to see their lives get better. Not only that, I began to see I've learned not to judge them, And now I'm in Kentucky here with my sister who I adore and my baby brother who is a stranger to me because I left home a a little bit before he was even born. And now I am learning to, 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 to see this lesson more clearly. So I don't paint upon my brother in particular because I don't know him and uh, pictures of him that aren't real or interpret everything he says with the language of the dead world. So I'm so grateful I showed up today. (laughs) And from the lesson, I got this. I am your holy thought. My brother and sister are each a holy thought of God, our real father, and our true reality. I am and they are ever an effect of God. I am so grateful 
I wrote hallelujah down here. I'm grateful to Fran for her faithfulness and to Lori for her faithfulness and to all the rest of the parts of my body that show up now and again or all the time. Amen. Amen. Boy, isn't it true? Gratitude brings truth to the awareness. (laughs) Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Amen. Thank you, Donna. Beautiful share. reading today <laughs> joy to the joy to the world uh, there's no guilt in love there's no fear in love um, this is a, the, the major the major point the crucial point for me in this text reading today and and um, in the lesson it's it, that love begets love or that like begets like that I am like God himself that he is first cause and call it effects if you want to but being being the only way that I can know that is by being that there's no thought in it it's just being love being love and expression, the expression of a love being, being love in relationship to everything and everybody equally. The, um, the, you know, the obvious references um, to learning, you know, what the world taught us, that we are images, and how it stresses, you know, let go of the world, you know, let go of the images that we hold of ourselves in the world, what other people would make of us, what we would make of ourselves. Let go of the judgment, the evaluation that we are not images to be perceived because God begat us like himself. We are purely, 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 purely innocent spirits in the love and the light of our Creator, unchangeable, changeless, eternal and immortal, incarnate, seeking to be restored to the awareness of our original, our original factory setting, of which, from which and by which we already are, always and forever, to sink into and acknowledge and claim that I am God thinking himself. God thinking himself into me. Into me he sees. And into myself when I look, I see God. I and my Father are one. There is no distinction and nothing to um, distinguish between us. 
There is no thought I would hold in my mind that would distinguish me from the love that my Father would have me know that I am and express as myself. I am as he is. And that sounds so wholly simple. And it is simple. In quietness, the Holy Spirit leads us to the quietness of God in peace. Because the truth, in truth, that, that, that power of peace, the power of the love of the mind of God, the one mind of God, opposes nothing. It allows everything and welcomes everything into its loving embrace. And let it be. Let it be. <laughs> There's no fight, no argument, no criticisms, no complaints. <laughs> simple happiness, simple peace. No demands, no commands, no requirements. Nothing to become, nothing to change, nothing to seek, nothing to need, nothing to want. Oh, this is so beautiful to me. I'll be still now and listen. I'm so grateful for you all being here and um, facilitating a place where we can share the truth of who we are today. Have a joyful day, everyone. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. What was that about? What was that about? Factory <laughs> oh, restore us to our original factory settings as God created us. Happy, joyous, amen. Oh, I love it. it. <laughs> I yeah, love, love it. it. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Judy. You know, I included your line in a post the other day, and it got a lot of chuckles, <laughs> returning our line to its fact, original factory settings. I love that. That's so true. And I, I just want to add one thing to my share, which I forgot to add, which was important. When uh, Jesus told me love recognizes love and remembers itself, you know, he also said it will resonate within you. You know, and, and, you know, the ego voice kind of barks at us and uh, it, it really captivates our attention. Uh, but the voice of God in truth is subtle. And, it's, and um, the one thing that I really had to, took me quite a while to learn, it doesn't come through my thinking mind. You know, the thinking mind was, as the reading today, because I made that, you know, that, that isn't God's thoughts or my thoughts in him. So the voice for God can come in subtle ways that really requires a conscious choice to listen and look for it and watch for it. And one of the ways Jesus is telling me is that truth will resonate. You know, anytime we say or we experience something that we say, oh, that really resonates deeply within me, um, it's love recognizing love. And it's resonating within me. There's a part of me that knows there's an aspect of me that wants me to be aware of it, that wants me to, to focus on it and to recognize it as who I am and who we all are as the love of God. 
and it's such an easy thing to pick up because we all have uh, moments where something we read, <clears throat> something we see, something we hear resonates with us. And in that instant, it truly is a holy instant because the part of me is in harmony with the part that has forgotten. And in that resonance, um, in that experience, uh, the harmony is restored and I recognize it through that. Um, it's saying, I'm here. I am your true self. I am the Christ that lives within you. Um, and you're with me. We're one. And um, so anyway, I didn't want to not include that in my share today. So I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that in, Lana. That responsiveness to love. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is Micah. I uh, appreciated Lana. I think it was Lana that was you were speaking about love, and that um, and the passages you highlighted were quite beautiful. And I think I'm going to be touching on it again. Um, but I had I had the strong urge that uh, what was lacking in my experience was the sense of unity. And I almost left the call to read something about unity and then because um, there, there was just a real hunger for something about unity and then I realized, well, it's right here, <laughs> you know. It's right in, uh, you know, what people have been saying and, and uh, it's right here in the text. And I, I see it right in these passages um, pretty clearly here in 8. The outcome of the lesson that God's Son is guiltless is a world in which there is no fear and everything is lit with hope and sparkles with gentle friendliness. Nothing but calls to you in soft appeal to be your friend and let it join with you. Nothing but calls to you in soft appeal to be your friend and let it join with you. And never does a call remain unheard, misunderstood, nor left unanswered. Um, and then a little further on, uh, let's see, the soft eternal, this is an eight, again, the soft eternal calling of each part of God's creation to the whole is heard throughout the world. 
the soft eternal calling of each part of God's creation to the whole is heard throughout the world. And it, and it, it just gave me a pause of, of this realm of relationship that is so unified. I just don't have the ears to hear it. You know, it's another, it, it's another kind of vision. It's the Holy Spirit's vision. You know, Holy Spirit sees that clearly. And then another part that touches on unity here. Um, in nine, there's no living thing which does not share the universal will that it be whole and that you do not leave its call unheard. There's no living thing which does not share the universal will that it be whole. So even in this realm of kind of misperception of separate things, Everything, everything, whether it's a tree, a blade of grass, everything is in this wholeness. Um, anyway, I, I don't, I don't need to go and read another part. It's just right here. <laughs> so that, that part's nice. And uh, let's see, the, the lesson was beautiful too about Father. I was created in your mind a holy thought that never left its home. I am forever your effect and for and you forever and forever are my cause. I just love that feeling uh, where just as I am is God. It, it, it's it's this unique feeling of who we are right this moment, down into the gut level. You know, whatever we feel is impure or harmony. You know, all of it is that uniqueness is what God loves as an expression of itself, and uh, nothing has to be different. Be God. I get, I get, that's it. Thanks. Thank you, Micah. Nothing has to be different. Thank you, Micah. Oh, thank you, Micah. That was lovely. Thank you, Micah. I wanted to to mention that. Um, you know, everything is in the mind of God, that everything is a thought um, in the mind of God, of all his sons, and everything, everything, everything is an idea of the mind of God, and <clears throat> that God is thinking everything into, into being, and to know that it's what our one beingness is, is the unity of who and what we are. But there is a line in the text, and I know, Michael, you've got it in your notebook, that if we can see everything as an idea in the mind of God, those are who can do that are truly blessed. And 
I think that's sort of close to what the idea is. But to see everything as consciousness appearing in as God's holy mind itself, that we can we can be aware of it. And what Lana shared about the awareness of that resonating with us everywhere we go in everything that we see, that truth is everywhere and it's truth opposes nothing. There's no room for opposition in truth. And if I, if I judge against something, that's how I lose my peace. That there's no opposition or resistance to anything or wanting to change anything or make it different. Then it already is perfect. That it is already perfect and always has been. And, but the, the idea... That awareness, we are that awareness of everything that is. I am. And then the, the words, the thinking, the feeling, and everything else is, just comes up, appears and disappears, changes, changes into something else, and disappears. But the I am awareness of all, it all being in all of it as itself is what consciousness means to me. That I can be aware of being aware of it. <laughs> I don't know how clear that is to you guys, but it's clear to me. <laughs> Thanks for letting me share. <coughs> oh, that was gorgeous, Judy. Uh, singing, yeah, singing to my heart. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Good morning. Um, Fran, it's nice to have you back. I miss you when you're not on the call doing the lessons. Thank you. <laughs> um, both the lesson and the reading uh, contain really impactful statements for me. Um, the last paragraph of the uh, reading is a paragraph that I have been familiar with since I first started reading the course, I had a little cassette tape of Beverly Hutchinson reading um, from the course. And paragraph 12 is one that she read and I listened to often. Let us be still an instant and forget all things we ever learned, all thought we had, and every preconception which we hold of what things mean and what their purpose is. 
And I thought at the time, and I think now, what an astounding statement this is. What it's asking us to do. Just stop what you're doing. Stop what you're thinking. Forget everything you learned. Forget every thought you had. Every preconception you hold of what things mean. Forget what you thought their purpose was. Let us not let us remember not our own ideas of what the world is for. We do not know. Imagine telling that to a young man who thought he knew a lot. Maybe not everything, but a lot. Let us remember not our own ideas of what the world is for. The one thing the Course has done for me is to have me really turn inward and look at my beliefs. To look at ideas and thoughts that I have never called to question. I've never, prior to reading this, ever thought about what the world is for. thought a lot about what the world is, but not about what the world is for. And yet, those ideas of what the world is for undergirds how I look upon the world. When I think the world is for my gratification, then I approach it in a very different way than if I see the world as a place for me to forgive myself and indeed to forgive the world for all I thought it was. Let every image held of everyone be loosened from our minds and swept away. Imagine what that would be like to just, I mean, if you think about all the public figures whose images we uh, are bombarded with on a daily basis. Not to 
forget are those who are close to us. to allow our judgment of others to just disappear. Unaware of any thought of evil or of good that ever crossed your mind of anyone. Well, I can remember kind of skipping over that. And certain figures, individuals, came into my mind and thinking, not being aware of any thoughts or of evil or of that ever crossed my mind of anyone now do we know him not but you are free to learn of him and learn of him anew it takes me back to Judy's statement about the fact that Now is he born again to you, and you are born again to him without the past that sentenced him to die, and you with him. Are you talking about Adolf Hitler? Are you talking about Stalin? <laughs> now is he free to live as you are free because an ancient learning passed away and left the place for truth to be reborn. Hallelujah. Free at last. not really that difficult but I make it so I'm complete thank you Harrison bravo that was great thank you thank you Harrison that was so lovely beautifully focused Thank you, Harrison. This is Chris. Just wanted to say hi. Lovingly listening. Oh, good morning, Chris. Hi, Chris. Nice to hear your voice. Yeah, good morning, hi, everyone. This is Lori. Um what you just talked about, Harrison, um, rings my bell. <laughs> That's for sure. 
three words I wanted to focus on this morning that are contained within this little introduction. They seem um, they seem to me to really focus the mind. Those three words are want, wish, and will. Want, wish, and will. The world, the world that guilt pictures for my mind. Is that really the world I want? Do I wish that condemnation and blame for my state of mind be projected outward? That's that's what he's talking about here. Want, wish, and will. And he's asking, he's asking me to get clear in my mind what it is I really want. I was so glad, Micah, that you focused on that 11th paragraph. What is temptation? What is temptation? But a wish to make the wrong decision on what you want to learn and have an outcome that you do not want. It is the recognition that it is a state of mind unwanted that becomes the means whereby the choice is reassessed. Another outcome seemed to be preferred. Um, it, it rings my bell because that was precisely, precisely how the holy instant came to me at a precipice of um, seeing everything clearly that the ego had um, given me to see. At that precipice, I knew finally, finally, finally that it gave me nothing that I wanted. Life was so abysmal. And so many people talk about this, that suffering is the doorway. Not that our Father wills that we suffer, but suffering for so many seems to be um, the place at which the state of mind unwanted is reassessed. That's the power of decision that he's talking about. And when I realize that Nothing I see gives me anything I want. Then my true will can be restored to me. Want, wish, and will. Those three words are key. Um, I went back and looked this morning at um, something else that's very true. Let me see if I have the tab open. I think I do, yeah. It's in love without conflict. He says, you who identify with your egos cannot believe that God loves you because you do not love what you have made. What you made does not love you. Being made out of denial of the Father, ego has no allegiance to its own maker. 
and because of that I could not conceive of the real relationship that exists between God and his souls because of the hatred I had for what I made <laughs> I wanted that I thought I did I thought I knew everything Harrison I really did I thought I knew everything and everybody in my family said if you want to know ask Lori <laughs> because I really did think I knew everything um, and that's very 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 literally true um, but at that precipice it became clear to me this is not what I want this state of mind is not what I want and so many lessons in this workbook are designed clarify for my mind what it is I really want what it is I wish what it is I will and that love without conflict that I referred to says it's never really entered your mind to give up every idea you ever had that opposes knowledge all these scraps of meanness you know all these little scraps of meanness and, and it's not that we want to see ourselves that way but the belief in guilt whether it's mine or yours um, isn't that's a good definition of the ego you know in this work he says vision or judgment are your choice and you've realized you can't have both I can either want the truth or I can wish to believe in what I make but the two are vastly vastly different I often used to quote the wish to see calls down the grace of God upon your eyes and brings the gift of light that makes sight possible it's very true that that when I use my ego to see I will see egos and when I use the light of truth to see I will only see the light of truth and the only thing that's ever going on here is the love of God and that love of God is in our memories you know in again love without conflict he says I will never forsake you any more than God will but I must wait as long as you choose to forsake yourself because I wait in love and not in impatience you will surely ask me truly and I will come in response to any single unequivocal call watch carefully and see what it is you're really asking for what do I want what do I wish what do I will ask and see what it is you're really asking for but be very honest with yourself about this for we must hide nothing from each other this is Christ's mind saying we must hide nothing from each other if you'll really try to do this you've taken the first step toward preparing your mind for the Holy One to enter and now we will prepare for this together I'm not alone anymore and once he has come you'll be ready to help me make other minds ready for him how long will you deny him his kingdom as long as I'm confused about what I wish and what my true will is and here's the kicker no force except your own will is strong enough 
or worthy enough to guide you. In this you are as free as God and must remain so forever. You can never be bound except in honor, and that is always voluntary. Let us ask the Father in my name to keep you mindful of his love for you and yours for him. He's never failed to answer this request because it asks only for what he has already willed. Those who call truly are always answered. Love without conflict. Ego, by definition, is conflict. And when I'm tempted to give in to conflict, all I'm doing is saying, I have a split will. I don't know what I really want. What do I want? Father, tell me. Because I want what you want for me. I want the memory of God. I want the love of God. I want to hear that call and answer that call. That's my true will. When I had that holy instant all those years ago, (laughs) it came back to myself and said, I am home. That's our Father's will for us, that we be home with him and recognize we've never left him. And he certainly never left us. Always there, always there, always there. Asking only, I'd be very honest with myself. What do I wish? Judgment or vision, both I cannot have. And when, you know, and when we look at this lesson, what is this lesson but an acknowledgement that I thought I had a separate will? I cast myself through my belief in a separate will out of the mind that loves me and out of the mind that I love. How simple is salvation? What was true is always true and what was false never was. Do I want the world that I made or do I will to have the truth? Only one can I have. And I do wish to be very honest with myself. Did you know, uh, Lori, (laughs) did you know that the most honest statement you can ever make, the truly most honest answer you can ever give anything, is I don't know. Because I don't. But with the mind of God, I know everything. And I'll never cease to know everything. And everything will only be more of everything. (laughs) You know, love unlimited. I want to be honest with myself. I don't want that state of mind. And when the ego is gone, it's gone simply because it never was. It never was the truth about anything. It never knew anything, though it thought it did. It is so so simple, but to ego it's impossible. And all he wants me to know is ego never was, and I'm complete. Thank you for your thank you, thank you so much, Lori. Yeah, thank you, Lori. That was good. Thank you. Oh, that was beautiful, Lori. Thank you. 
That was brilliant. Thank you, Lori. Well, we have do we have time for another share? Yes, darling. Oh, please. Oh, great. I just wanted to tell Judy what a gift that you gave me when you. Uh, it was so wonderful what we can do for each other. But when you said that part about, you know, consciousness and form, you know, projecting form. It it just tore the veil back to that memory of that experience of mind, where where the the sense of identity lifted completely out of the body and moved into this realm of a shared mind that uh, shared with it was one mind, capital M mind, and there was love and there was God and there, and, the, and then here was holographically this projection of time space and the dream um uh, uh, you know of a life and um how it, it was quite astounding so i appreciate just your little mention of that brought back that memory and uh, boy it just made the heart and soul just blossom and uh and i uh, so I went to these quotes on the mind because I, I didn't want it to fade too quickly. So I'll just read some real quick, and then all we have to go. But um, let's see. What is not? What is one cannot be perceived as separate, and the denial of the separation is the reinstatement of knowledge. At the altar of God, the holy perception of God's Son becomes so enlightened that light streams into it, and the Spirit of God's Son shines in the mind of the Father, who becomes one and becomes one with it. Very gently does God shine upon himself, loving the extension of himself that is his Son. And yet faith unites you in the holiness you see, not through the body's eyes, but in the sight of him who joined you and in whom you are united. Grace is not given to a body, but to a mind. And the mind that receives it looks instantly beyond the body and sees the holy place where it was healed. There is the altar where the grace was given in which it stands. Do you then offer grace and blessing to your brother, for you stand at the same altar where grace was held, was laid for both of you, and you are healed by grace together, that you may heal through faith. And oh, there's another one. He does not see that he makes this world, for there is no world outside of him. If only the loving thoughts of God's Son are the world's reality, the real world must be in his mind. We are this amazing mind. And one last one. You are merely the quiet and the presence that observes all of creation flowing through the field of awareness that is the mind of Christ. 
And it's all holographic projection of consciousness and will and love. Um, thank you, Judy. That was wonderful. <laughs> Mm, thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. That was wonderful. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. You kicked it up a notch. And, Lori, I just <laughs> wanted to say, I've heard you share that, um, that abysmal place where you cracked and you had a holy instant. And I was describing that, trying to, um, in the after call after you left, how mine was very similar. I can't. It came from me being in a place of just um, total demoralization. Like I really just was in a puddle of surrender, and I I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think, where to go, or who to ask, or even what to ask. And that was my first what I would call a holy instant, <laughs> rememberable in recent memory anyway, <laughs> 20 years ago. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Judy. Great way to describe it. So, uh, I think to close this call this morning, um, as I often do, I ask myself, what's my part? What's my part? And the answer this morning seems to be this from Lesson 189. What would you see? What would you see the choices given you? But learn and do not let your mind forget this law of seeing. Law of seeing. You will look upon that which you feel within. If hatred, blame, guilt find a place within your heart, you will perceive a fearful world. If you feel the love of God within you, you will look out upon a world of mercy and of love. So today we pass illusions by as we seek to reach what is true in us and feel its all-embracing tenderness, its love which knows us perfect as itself. It's sight, which is the gift. It's love bestows on us. We learn the way today. It is as sure as love itself to which it carries us. For its simplicity avoids all of the snares of foolish convolutions of the world's apparent reasoning that serve to hide. Simply do this. Be still. Lay aside all thoughts of what you are and what God is. All concepts you have learned about the world, all images you hold about yourself, empty your mind of everything it thinks is either true or false, or good or bad, or every thought it judges worthy, and all the ideas of which it is ashamed. Hold on to nothing. Do not bring with you one thought the past has taught, nor one belief you ever learned before from anything. Forget this world, forget this course, and come, come with holy, empty hands unto your God. Is it not he who knows the way to you? You need not know the way to him. Your part 
is simply to allow all obstacles you've interposed between the Son and God the Father to be quietly removed forever. God will do his part in joyful and immediate response. Ask and receive, but do not make demands nor point the road to God by which he should appear to you. The way to reach him is merely to let him be, for in that way is your reality acclaimed as well. Father, we do not know the way to you, but we have called and you have answered us. We will not interfere. Salvation's ways are not our own, for they belong to you. And it is unto you we look for them. Our hands are open to receive your gifts. We have no thoughts. We think apart from you and cherish no beliefs of what we are or who created us. Yours is the way we would find and follow, and we ask that, that your will, which is our own as well, be done in us and in this world. Let it become a part of heaven now. Amen. This love seen, you will see what you feel within. Amen. Thank you. That's beautiful. Yeah, thank you, Lori. How sweet. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. I'm so glad we can do this Thank every you, morning. Lord. Take ourselves yeah. to heaven. <laughs> yes. right. yeah. Thank you, everybody. Yeah.